Hello, Master. It's been a while. We are off on an adventure! This is good. When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing. For what it's worth, I've got a good feeling about this. Trust me, Hera. I'm excited. This is my excited face. Get ready to be impressed! You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. Hey everyone, you're listening to Geeky Bubble, part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. I'm your host, Jonah Marie, and with me is the hype Faison to my Kazuda Ziono, my mom, Maria. You made me Faison? Yes, I did. <laughs> I Because uh, I was thinking about it and I thought, well, out of the two... Who's yeah. the clumsiest? And I think that I'm, would be yeah. I'm yes. the clumsiest. <laughs> so I yeah. figured Kaz would be me. Yes. And yes. and then I, I you had I no choice it. but to be phase. I understand yeah. it. I yeah. understand it. So this episode we're going to talk about Live Fire. And that was written by Marguerite Scott and directed by Stuart Lee. First of all, we finally get an Aces-centered episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy about that because it was desperately needed. <laughs> yeah, the Aces are in the forefront. <laughs> and it, it, it blows my mind that we're now getting it because I thought, remember, all the way back in the beginning, I thought, okay, well, maybe we're not getting Aces content this half of the season. Maybe we'll get it the next half of the season. And then the rest of season one happened and there were still no Aces. Yeah, I remember that there was a lot of little shorts and and ads all concentrated on the Aces. Yeah. And the Aces were seen racing, what, maybe two Three times? Maybe, yeah, somewhere around there. A handful of times. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, like, what? What? We didn't get anything about the Aces except for, like, hype and Torah. Torah was definitely the one leading in terms of dialogue and, and screen time. And hype, it comes in a close second because of his connection to Tam. But the other three were just left in the background. Right. And I'm like, when are we going to learn about these guys? Because yeah. <laughs> one of my things that I kept quoting, or one of the things that I kept saying in the articles that I write and, and every once in a while whenever I talk with someone is, you know, it would be a shame for us to lose one of the ace pilots and not, and know. not know anything about them. them. Yep. And so, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're starting to see that now, and hopefully we'll get more of it. Hopefully this is not just it. Yeah, because that's going to be tough, because you, you, you think of them as a group. Yes, we know the individuals, and we have our affinities for certain individuals, but they're a group. So if any of them is lost, the first thing to our minds is going to be, but who were they? Right. Who, who, who was that? What is their background? How they came to be an ace? Yeah, exactly. So this episode, it starts off with Hype coming into the Aces Lounge. And he still thinks they're the top pilots of the galaxy. And that might be the case in a racing-like setting. But when it comes to combat, close combat, they're, they're almost cadets. They don't know how to go about handling that type of situation. Hype? Is a good pilot, no doubt about it. But he is a merit to his name because <laughs> he he's is all hype. hype. <laughs> yes, he's all that. And 
honestly, that's not what's needed when it comes, comes to yeah. a war setting. And you need someone who who's able to cooperate with pretty much anyone they're paired up with. This is a forced group project and everyone needs to pull in their weight. And and like Yeager mentions, you know, it's not that you're going to become a, a resistant pilot. It's the fact that this is the Colossus. This is your home. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things that I had way back when I went to the first Star Wars Resistance press junket. I was asking Donald Faison, you know, Hype is someone who has the potential to become a Resistance pilot. So ultimately, I, I was wondering whether they joined the Resistance. And I'm glad that Hype brought that up. Like, I don't recall signing up for the Resistance. And Yeager, being the squad leader, being the wise person he is, he's not going to phrase it, well, you have no choice. Exactly. He's going to put it at an angle that they can understand and support, which is, this is your home. If you want to keep living here, if you want to keep living at all, you have to fight for it. If you want to protect your friends. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So I like that he placed it that way. Yeah. And he didn't force, force them into yes. believing that they have to be part of the resistance, that this is now their new role. Right now, they're seeing the Colossus not, not as a fighting vessel, but as a home, a flying home, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. But in the event that higher forces decides to become part of the resistance, they still have a choice. Right. They can choose to leave and find a new home. Especially the regular people who are living in the station. Yes, exactly. The civilians. This is not what they signed up for. They didn't sign up to go into space and be chased by the First Order. And become soldiers. Exactly. This isn't what they had in mind. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how that will progress moving forward. And who will choose to either stay or leave. It's a very unique situation because I don't think we have seen vessels in Star Wars that are like the Enterprise. The Enterprise is a science vessel. It has families. It's not supposed to be for war. It's exploration. And I don't think we've seen that kind of vessel Mm -hmm. in, in, in Star Wars. Right. The Colossus is that kind of vessel. It is a vessel of civilians. Right. I'm sure they took huge inspiration from the series Robotech because that that's also what happens. You know, the, the people are in this town and the ship that's occupying that town uh, warps into a different part of space and it takes everyone with them. And, and these people have no choice but to inhabit the ship and, and have to deal with Everything that comes along. The original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. It was a fleet of vessels composed of the people that were fleeing. That's right. Yes. And trying to find the new Earth. Right. You know? Yeah. And one of my favorite parts is when Griff finally speaks. And it's just, it's just awesome. And I'm like, oh, snap, he has a voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has spoken before, but... But it was very monosyllable. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mon- monosyllabic here and there. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, finally. And he, what he says is, I was with the Empire. I know how their kind thinks. The First Order won't stop until they've got every one of us in detention cells. I really like that he's incorporating his imperial background and experience here. Into it, yeah. 
And that was for a time. And I think it was mentioned somewhere either on one of the fun facts articles or behind the scene featurettes. But someone had implied, you know, maybe he's not even part of the Empire. Maybe he's using that iconography to pose as an Imperial to instill fear in his fellow racers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was curious. I was like, oh my gosh, is that really the case? He's not part of the Empire? But, you know, finally we get a confirmation to that. <laughs> he is. He's part of them. He was part of the Empire. So he has this whole view and you know what I, I like when he says when they're talking about you know uh, protecting each other and being for e- there for each other Freya says you know like uh, is this something that s- sort of along the lines that is this something that the empire did and he says no right. we didn't do it that's why we lost well, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah something that she says and that's another great part because from there we were able to figure out that she wasn't an imperial based on that question i thought oh snap now i gotta know more about her (laughs) because she really gave me a A, an empire vibe vibe. like she used to be an imperial (laughs) officer and to command people and whatnot and maybe she was in some army somewhere who knows but she definitely gave me that vibe and so i'm happy to know that she wasn't because then this is something new to work with so (laughs) I'm, i'm curious to find out what that is and so doza introduces yeager as their new squad leader and it's just such a beautiful moment (laughs) but at the same time it's like man yeager has come so far yeah, and and for a person who didn't want to deal with all that all over again, he's right back yeah. where he left it, you know. Yeah, and I and it's all because of Kaz. You can't help but support Kaz and what he's doing. And and Yeager, as much as he tried, he he got roped into it, and he just followed along yeah. and tried to do the best he could. And and now he's leading the, the squadron, squadron and he's being the teacher. I love the the all the droids and I love um bucket bucket yes <laughs> bucket instructing all the droids <laughs> That was so cute. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I love that every once in a while they focus on Bucket. And he's also giving out orders when he's in the ship, when in Yeager's racer. And I thought, oh, my God. So cute. So adorable. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And Kaz, of course, brags about his years of experience as a naval pilot for the New Republic. And it's like, that's good and all. I'm glad you were the top most of your class, but... Nobody cares. <laughs> no, no one cares. Um, but also, he's sort of like, when I was in college, I discovered that math in high school is so drastically different from what they teach you in college. Because in college, you have to actually apply math to different situations. I'm good at just finding what's X. <laughs> If you tell me, if you ask me to find that in an equation, I will find it for you. But when you ask me, you know, how can I apply this into a real life situation? I don't know. (laughs) You know, the train is going faster and this train hits the station and that and that other train hit. No, I don't know. (laughs) 
so so for me, Kaz is in a similar situation where he's like, he's very good with calculations, but then when you put him in a real life situation, he doesn't know how to apply it. And that's what we see happening later on with that creature because Freya's like, Kaz, you're the experienced combat pilot. What should we do? And he's like, I I, I wasn't trained for this. This, (laughs) Yeah, he, he knows how to apply specific scenarios, specific things that are close to what he practiced in VR, in visual reality right, whatever or whatever he was, he, doing. He, yeah. he was doing. But when it comes to real life, to the real moment, that's when he gets stuck. Now, that's not to say that he's not good at thinking on his feet that's because true. he has yeah. shown in the, uh, in, in the past that he can think on his feet but it's always outside the element he was trained for because he was trained to be a pilot mm-hmm. that's where he's always finding certain difficulties when he's in the majority of situations that we've seen him thinking on his feet and going for it is in situations where he's not a pilot. And in this sense, for the team, it works out that he doesn't know everything. That's true. Yeah, because then everyone else has to pitch in with their ideas as to how to tackle it. And then in the process, they all learn. Essentially, that's the difference between Kaz and Yeager. Yeager has the experience. He has years of having built memories of how to go about a situation and how to apply different strategies to different situations. Whereas Kaz only knows textbook. He knows you know, what to do in this kind of situation, what to do in this, in this other kind of situation, but not necessarily what to do when a creature's after you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, I, I like that. Yeager was the one who was trapped because it gave everyone else the opportunity to figure this out on their own and together, essentially, yeah. which was the objective. Oh, and I was so sad when Hype called him Catastrophe. Ah, uh, yes. It's like, that's terrible. That's what bullies do. Yeah, put, give names. Yeah. Oh, when he had, when he put his hand on his cheek and it was just so sad about that. I was like, no, Cas, no. But I like that at the end, he says, no longer, Catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> also, what was really cool about this episode was the fact that in the... First Order side, you get to see Tam and Ruckland, but there's also a third pilot, and that's Ruckland's old friend, Lynn Gava, who was, remember those two? Yeah. So she ended up joining the First Order with him, and the other one, the uh, the, the non-human, who was Gorak Wiles, he ended up staying with the Colossus, Colossus, and he was there at the very end celebrating with everyone. So it was very interesting to see how the First Order continues that whole Imperial... Divide, divide where they yeah. divide people and and you know bring friends against friend, family against family. Yeah, and then just pushing away non-human yep. characters. Yeah, yes. yeah, and we saw that especially earlier in the series when uh, they were rounding up people. And then Lieutenant Gallic is introduced as Tam's instructor. She just looked like a very angry Latina woman to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she honestly, she looks just like one of my aunts. And she was as tough as that too. <laughs> and and I just I like I got that vibe off her. I'm like she's going to throw a chancla at me or something yeah. <laughs> if I do something wrong. And for those who don't know, that means sandal. You know that's what that's, that's what Latina mothers do. do. Yeah, we, we throw the chancla. 
<laughs> and so do you think she was conditioned? I don't think so. I think she might be just leftovers from the Empire, given her age. And actually, when we were watching the episode, I wanted to comment that. But remember when we were talking about that the First Order needs people who are not conditioned, mm -hmm. people who actually believe and, and have that whole structure set it is part of them and she is an example of that she is not conditioned she definitely knows what she's doing and why she's doing it right it actually reminds me of when the clones some clones were kept to be as instructors to new troopers in the empire i like the juxtaposition of the two trainings oh that uh, was great the parallel between yeah, them that was the, fantastic the the training of the um first order pilots while yeager was instilling in them in his team cooperation and being there for each other the first order is saying the only first other than you is your mission Mm -hmm. That's it. If anybody dies because they're not good enough, then they die. Right. Yeah, it was very interesting to see how there was a support system in place where year was. Because you have all these pilots who are wanting to look after each other. I mean, look at how Tora approached Hype. And she could have just easily let him go off on his own and, and whatever. But she went after him and she approached the situation very maturely again yes she was unbelievable yeah knowing because what where to hit him to get him to come back because i'm almost certain that hype is a of a much older age oh than yeah Torah. because he lived during the empire so he's definitely in his 30s <laughs> exactly so uh, here it's here you have this teenager basically manipulating this adult this 30 year something into doing the right thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> i really love that yeah and it tells me that she could really be a good leader later yes. on the way that she goes about observing people's characteristics and knowing playing to each person's strengths. strengths yeah and so you know you have this support system in place and that's why they're able and that goes back to what griff said you know the fact that we didn't look after each other or have each other's backs that's why we lost but here that that is in place and they're able to look after each other whereas in the first order it's they still showing you just look after yourself, yourself yeah <laughs> there was no support system in place there's it's non-existent but commander Pryor is in my support system <laughs> Oh my lord. I have the yes. sixth inch and I have him right here next to yes. me. Yes. <laughs> he even put it in front of the computer because he was going to be part of the podcast. Yes. So this is in front of me is Commander Pyre, the sixth inch figure from Galaxy's Edge. And I love him. <laughs> and he's so happy to be here at the moment. He can't speak. But <laughs> oh my lord, Jesus. But if I ever ever meet Liam McIntyre, I'd want him to record a line or something just so that I can play it back as I play with the figure. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, he's part of my support system. And so what, what line will that be? Jonah? I don't know. I'd have to I have to really like think about it. Maybe I'll have something. You're for my next... support, Jonah. Oh yes. Yes, something like that. I like that. The first order may not support me, but you're my support. Yes! <laughs> yes, I like this. 
we're gonna make it happen and so uh one other thing one other detail i really liked about this episode was the fact that Giger's squadron i guess we should just call it that they were doing a training session on an icy moon i just love how icy moons just bring people together yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because it happened to Callus and Zeb. And it's just so funny to think about how these icy conditions that are meant to like drive people apart because it's so freaking cold. <laughs> and actually, when he said uh, an icy moon, in my head, I went like, okay, somebody's going to get stranded, <laughs> right? And I-, I like how they did not do that. And instead, they introduced a creature, native to the planet and a flying freaking mana ray kind of I don't know yeah, you know that yeah I had that it vibe. was awesome it was yeah. amazing <laughs> and something about what they were missing as the aces they were missing communication because when they had that first training session Yeager and Kaz against the aces Yeager and Kaz were constantly communicating with each other and and Yeager was telling Kaz what to do and as a leader he knows how to get the best out of Kaz and I really like that seeing that between them because that's really what's needed between anyone to be honest but especially in a combat squadron you need to learn how to communicate I I hope that aces continue to learn that communication is key yeah (laughs) Oh, it was also cool that the fireball wasn't exploding. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, it looks so brand new. No, it, was, it still had all the scratches and stuff. It even had the little... I don't know, little, it didn't look that bad yeah, it <laughs> as also, before. It also had the little gorg that Kaz had promised. Balls of gruel that he'd put on the, uh, the, the ship to advertise his gorg stand. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was very surprised by that. And sadly, had Tam stayed... She would have been an ace too. Because I I really think had Tam stayed, Kaz would have given her the fireball and they would have just found some alternative means for Kaz oh, yeah. to fly. No, I, I don't doubt that. Yeah, because at that point he would have realized that what he did was wrong and this is the ship that she should have been in. So I, I like to think that she also would have been an ace had she stayed. But unfortunately... Everything that makes Tam who she is, it's slowly being snuffed out was the words that I use in my article. Because even though she's not going through this conditioning process that Pyre mentioned, the experiences that she's going through are slowly conditioning her to change who she is. It'd be interesting because sometimes, you know, like Cass likes to boast about things, we may be seeing... Basically, Tam responding in the way that she's expected to respond in order to attain her goals, but not necessarily because herself, her own person is being changed. You know what I'm I'm saying? That when push comes to shove, she's going to show who really she is and not this person that we right now are seeing developing into a first order soldier. Right, yeah, I want her real true self to shine through. I'm just curious whether she'll continue to be talked down to 
and and just give in and accept the fact that she has to let go of some of the things that she normally would do, which is to try to help people when they're in, in a bad situation. And that was another thing about the whole training session, the fact that they used X-Wings as drones to set them up as targets. Like, how is Tam not realizing these look like ships? And technically, if we were to take down real-life versions of these ships, there would be people at the helm manning those ships. I did comment when we were watching it the second time that she was acting along the same lines as Hype was acting. Because when Hype caught in front of Tora on their first practice... It's the same thing that she did when she caught in front of Rockland to get the target. Right. So at this point, to her, it's just a competition. To her, it's just a game. It is, yeah. Where she needs to show, not necessarily be, right. but to show that she is the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, like, like I said, when push comes to shove and when she's actually in a battle confronted with her friends... Tora, Hype, and all these people that she knows, how is she going to respond? How is she going to act? Is she going to keep looking at it as a game that I'm just going to keep pushing because this is how I'm going to get what I want? Or is she going to finally wake up from the trance that she's been in because of her anger towards Cass and Yeager and what she perceived to have been a purpose lie to basically shun her away shun her away not not a lie that while it it was a lie it was there to protect her and everyone else on the colossus so you know Uh, we'll see i don't know i don't know but one other detail that i i really loved was hype's droid being a little jerk jerky yes (laughs) yes when he picked up the helmet and he just dropped it and just made this little movement backwards i just i couldn't help but laugh my head off just like his master uh, and I said it when I saw, what a little jerk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like how Kaz tries to talk with Hype afterward. He goes to Aunt Z's and he he's a team player. He wants to be able to form a bond with this person because he understands that in order to fly properly with a wingmate, you need to have that in place. And so I like that he tries to talk things out with him, communicate, and see if they can establish a middle ground where they can meet. But unfortunately, Hype... And this is was interesting, the fact that Hype brought in Tam, brought yeah. up Tam. I'm very curious whether we'll see Hype and Tam make Interacting. up in some yeah. way. And it's just interesting overall how he holds a grudge. I'm interested to see if them meeting in battle... How is that going to play it out? Right. I mean, and Hope brought it up last time where she said Hype could potentially, who knows, die in a situation like that because they never made up. And so she might also hold some grudges herself as to the kinds of things that Hype did to be where he is and leaving Tam behind. I don't know whether those grudges actually are strong enough for her to want to kill the guy, (laughs) but... Anything can happen in the heat of battle. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's very curious how these little little pieces of things that are showing up, I feel like they're going to amount to something later on. What that is, I have no idea, but I'm prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think none of us are prepared, Jonah. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And Tam, in, in her training session, she helps Jace Rucklin out of a tight situation. And Jace starts to defend her in some way, but he's shut down by Lieutenant Gallic. Do you think he would have kept defending her in some way? Or was he trying to get himself out of that situation? Because it felt to me like he was was going to vouch for her her. in some way. It'll be very interesting to see whether he takes that harshly, the fact that he was shut down and maybe he shouldn't really care for other people the way that he was looking to care for Tam in that moment or whether he might decide to do something else with his time because who knows maybe he might be tempted to just leave the first order because he's not cared about that would be an interesting uh, turn of events that the the one that we thought was first order material ends up being the one who chooses not to be with the first order Mm. While the one that we thought was not first order material, which is Tam, sticks and stays with the first order, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. It's a curious thought because I really thought that him starting to defend Tam was a a hint for something. You know, you get to see how the look of disappointment when he's being talked down to in a condescending way. So yeah, I'm very curious what happens with him now. And of course, I I have to mention my pyre, so I'm gonna pull up the figure again. And he goes, you know, <laughs> you, you know that she. Uh, j- just so you guys know, there's a microphone in between the two of us. <laughs> We're side by side in front of the microphone. She's actually pulling the little figurine, um, action figure, <laughs> her little action figure. <laughs> In between the two of us, in between our two faces, like if he's going to be talking into the microphone. Yes, that's what he's doing. I'm actually going to take a photo right now and then I'll post it on Twitter so that you guys can check up on that later on. There we go. (laughs) I took a photo. But anyway, Pyre says, it would seem your star pupil is quite the hero. Hero. What a jerk. Very sarcastic. like ah. (laughs) I love it. It's so good. It's just, what a way to like, just highlight the fact that, you know, Tam is not really cut out for this. And also just to like, Push it in. You're not that great of a teacher. (laughs) Yeah, you're not that great of a teacher. And just being a thorn on her side. Like, I love how everyone in the First Order hates each other. They just just blame each other. I mean, look at Hux and Kylo. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it just, it cracks me up how this guy just knows how to push people's buttons. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately, Kaz and Hype end up teaming up. I love how Hype at one point says, where's my where's my wingmate? Where's my wingmate? After not wanting a yeah, wingmate. <laughs> but yeah, his problem was just that he thought he was the show and he didn't he can do everything on his own, essentially, which is great if you're a racer. And actually, if you think about it, the fact that his idea was the one that helped save Yeager. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I alone cannot do this. 
However, I do have the mind to do it. Right. You right. know, and this is how hype is. Hype thinks a lot of himself. Mm-hmm. And to find himself in a situation where he's not winning, where, you know, that's not good for him. He needs for his ego to be stroked. And what better way than to his idea, his mind help save Yeager. Exactly. But he didn't, he couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. He needed his group. He needed his teammates. Mm-hmm. So that, that was very good because it shows that you don't have to stop being who you are. Right. Just to learn how to work with others, just mm-hmm. to learn how to care for others. You know, that does not mean you give yourself and you forget about yourself. It's just, it just means that on top of you and around you, there's other people. Mm-hmm. Whereas the First Order, you are required to forget about yeah, others, yeah. others <laughs> and even yourself in yeah. time situation. So what I also really like about the situation with the creature is that they end up using the environment around them. them. And if you recall in the previous episode, it was Tora who said, you know, try to use the debris. And Freya said, and do what with it? And like, they didn't know how to use their surroundings to their advantage. And in this situation, they did. Yeah. So I really like that connection. And that's it. And that was the end of the episode. (laughs) I mean, they have their nice little celebration in the end, of course, which is really cute. But do you think, I remember seeing Yeager in the back standing against the wall. Do you think Yeager in the back of his mind is thinking about Tam? Because we haven't seen him say or, or think anything about Tam. Of course. Of course he is. Yeah. Whatever she becomes, he's going to feel somewhat responsible for mm-hmm. for it, you know? And the same thing is going to happen with, with cats. Whatever happens, they're going to feel that uh, responsibility on their shoulders. Because they did lie, regardless of whether it was for a good reason or not. They did lie to her. How she takes it and how she does it, that is on her. Mm-hmm. But there are always consequences. And this is what I like about about this whole situation. Because there's always consequences to the choices you make. Most of the time, what we look to when we're making a choice is to be able to live with it. To be able to move forward. Whether it works or not, we will move forward. With these two sides, Yeager and Cass on one and Tam on the other, this is what I'm interested in seeing. Who is going to be able to live with their choice? Mm-hmm. Who's going to allow their choice to take over and destroy? And, and that's what I'm looking because as much responsibility that I place on Yeager and Cass, they're not all 100% responsible for whatever Tam does. And um, the same thing the other way around. Yeah. But how are they going to respond? Yeah. I'm That's... I'm waiting, so desperately waiting yeah. for that moment to come. And I hope they release a cool trailer <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> so moving into listener thoughts and questions, Rafaela said, Live Fire was a lot of fun to watch. I'm so glad Kaz had time to shine and show his skills as a pilot. I wish he was the one realizing how to save Eager, but I understand why it was hype. 
Speaking of him, his droid is so precious. <laughs> a precious little jerk. <laughs> now, we, <laughs> now we have another sassy droid to love. After seeing Hype talking about Tam, I wonder what is going to happen if they face each other in battle. He seems to be so hurt with the whole situation. I also wonder about Tam's reaction to Kaz being part of the aces now. She's not going to take that well. It's going to sting when Tam sees the fireball in whatever situation they land themselves in where they have to go up against each other because she knows that Kaz is manning it and that was meant to be her ship. And who knows how that might fuel the fire in her in that moment. Yeah. And like you said, you know, yeah. everyone uh, has a choice. Choice and the choices we have made in the past, how do we react to them? Mm-hmm. Mm. And and again, like how I mentioned earlier, what, how will she react to seeing hype? Yeah. Especially since they have something that's unresolved and that went unresolved for the entire second half of the first season and going into this season. So yeah, I'm very curious how it will pan out. Hassan said, the episode was working as a team on the resistance side and every person for themselves on the First Order side. Hype has to learn it, even though Tam already has it. Sadly, no squad leader promotion for Tam. I also like Hype's astromech. It has an awesome design and has Hype's particular personality. <laughs> Yeager and Cash showing the aces the details of dogfighting was awesome to see, and the lesson they learned saves Yeager's life. Regardless of what Lieutenant Galax said, Tam did the right thing, and these hints from this episode and the last episode should tell her that the First Order is not the place to fulfill your destiny or your family. As always, may the Force be with you. Well, that's what we're hoping that she realizes, but there's another side to that coin. And is that, like you said, all these little bits and pieces are going to start showing up at her character are the person who she is mm-hmm. and end up actually yeah messing with her morality because yeah it's not conditioning in the sense that she's exposed to something and wipes her mind but this the little experiences that she's having are chipping away at what makes tam tam some meth- methodical brainwashing yeah where it's step by step and based on on experience they take away who you are and that's essentially what and we had discussed that with tyranny last episode where mm-hmm. Tierney wanted her to be present for whatever happened to the Colossus. And that is essentially a way to weed her out or make her like her, like how she is. Yeah, and these little things are resulting in a very slow but natural conditioning process. And Jennifer said, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Finally, we got an episode starring the aces. Some bonding time during drills is exactly what I was craving in this episode. And even Bucket got to teach the Astromax. Sorry for the horrible pun. <laughs> a, th- a thing or two. And I love that pun, by the way. But Griff's line about the Empire losing for not looking out for each other pretty much set the moral of the episode. But this bit where Kaz says, me? And Hype says, Kaz? And Yeager says, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love that. that part. Yeah, that I re- was so funny. I remember when he said it, you, you just started laughing. And you said it like, I love how he said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jennifer said, oh my gosh, that was hilarious. It really was. I love hearing. Because it was like two teenagers fighting against each other. And, and the then- adult comes and says, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. like. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And Jennifer goes on to say, and the parallels with Tam in the First Order was executed excellently. Yeager instructs with stun. Gallic instructs with life fire. Kaz is welcome into the Aces. Tam loses position as squad leader. The Aces need to watch out for each other, but it's social Darwinism in the First Order. Speaking of which... Pyre, you jerk. (laughs) Really, though, I'm pretty sure he's one of the new generation of stormtroopers, whereas Gallic looks old enough to be an Imperial vet, and he's supposed to outrank her? I say this because reading some of the sequel novels and comics, the vets don't often have a high opinion of high-ranking members who should really be junior officers. Oh, that's such a great point. Yeah, because here you have Pyre, it's really like the workforce today. Mommy, you are in a yes. situation just like that. Yes. Mommy is a vet in a sense. A sense. And yeah. then she has all these other young guys who are in upper positions that they shouldn't be in. Sometimes it's so frustrating because you know something, how something should be, and you cannot say anything or you cannot do it because that's not how you've been told to do it. And you know what? It happens across all different careers. It is a part of life that I have to learn to deal with. Yeah, pretty much everyone has to accept in some fashion, sadly. Jennifer goes on to say, ah, hype. I know people will be annoyed with this episode, but I think it's a very real reaction. He's probably stressed out with the space battle last episode. He never made up with Tam, who joined the First Order. His boasting and lashing out seems like what Leia and Han did when Ben was seduced. They weren't the greatest parents, and after losing their son, went back to the only things they were good at, smuggling and leading insurgency. I don't know whether hype was affected by that battle, to be honest. I think hype just came across as hype. He was like, I'm still the best and no one can tell me differently. (laughs) I don't think that um, he took the losing the battle as he's not good at what he does right yeah yeah because he still thinks he's the The best best pilot yeah and and that never waves from his mind yeah and and that's why he was shocked that they first got kaz like why do they need kaz and why do they need a squadron Squadron leader leader. yeah (laughs) so yeah that's a interesting observation but i think we interpret it differently Differently. Yeah. yeah And final thoughts from Jennifer. Freya smiled at the end. Yay, I didn't notice that, actually. Bo got more than one line. That's fantastic, by the way, because Dave Filoni voices him, and I was so happy to hear more of Dave's voice (laughs) in there. This is my personal opinion, but it should have been Major Von Reg next to Lieutenant Gallic, not Pyre. Why they'd have to kill him off and stick us with the Goldie. <laughs> Sorry, I really can't let go of Elric. Anyways, may the force be with you. And yeah, I just, I like how Pyre was there because of what you previously mentioned with the whole Lieutenant Gallic being a veteran most likely from the empire and here you have this young guy who's in an upper position i and i can see why major von reich should have been there because he was an excellent pilot but i like and i'm sorry to say because i know you love him but i i like how it all wrapped up for him in the end even though i i wish we had gotten more throughout the season from him but i like how it all got wrapped up because it, it mirrored what happened at the very beginning of the series where it was kaz and his two wingmates nice. and they were being chased after by von reg Cass came very close to being shot out of the the sky had it not been for Poe coming in. Yeah. So I like that it was a a reverse situation 
situation where it was Yeager that was going to get blown out of the sky, almost blown out of the sky, and it was Cass coming in to save him from Von Reg. So I, I, I really like the mirroring of that. But I can understand why you're frustrated, though, because you really liked him. And, and I know I'm going to be pissed whenever Pyre dies. So, and I know yes. it's going to happen. It's got to. He's going to get his comeuppance. Come it has to happen. I mean, the guy's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, we have Hope's email. Hope said, hi, you guys. I am excited. And I'm here for this Aces content. <laughs> Before the show ever started, the Aces were the number one thing I wanted to see the most. They were the first thing about Resistance that hooked me in from the promotional material. I was so disappointed in season one how Griff, Freya, and Bo barely got any screen time. I especially wanted to know more about Griff with him being an ex-Imperial. I wanted to know his thoughts on the First Order. Actually, Griff has some of my favorite lines of the episode. Like Captain Doza, he has seen the inner workings of the Empire and he's grown past them. He knows the First Order thing is going to fail because they're following a similar path as the Empire. I love the line where he acknowledged that the Empire fell because of their lack of compassion for each other. To me, Griff is one of their best resources along with Captain Doza. They've been there, done that, and got the evil t-shirt, and then they moved on. But I do feel like the First Order is far more radical in ways more successful than the Empire. They learned from the Empire's mistakes, and I think they're more bloodthirsty. To use real-world comparisons, if the Empire was the 1940s Nazis, then the First Order is the current-day alt-right. Everyone knows that Nazis are bad, but the alt-right are far more fanatical version of them. If the First Order is the same, we learn from books like Aftermath and Alphabet Squadron that the First Order is built from the most radical parts of the Empire. They are the top worst of the worst people who didn't jump ship with other Imperials who had a moral compass, and they train new recruits to be the way that way too. I think Griff and Captain Doza were some of the people who realized the Empire was worse than they thought. They're like Sienna Ree from... Lost Stars realizing that this wasn't what they signed up for. They might have believed in parts of the Empire at one point, but it's clear that's not where they are in life now. Though in hindsight for season one, I realized a bit of awkward writing watching this episode. Kaz freaked out when he found out that Captain Doza was an ex-Imperial. But here's Griff flying a TIE fighter and wears Imperial clothes. Why wasn't Kaz nervous about Griff like he was with Captain Doza? (laughs) That's such a great point. But there's a great message in there too. Captain Doza and Griff used to be part of the baddies. Not, no one is holding that against them. While he might be blunt and gruff, it's clear Griff cares for the other aces and the Colossus. He wouldn't be the one suggesting they need to work together. People can go with better insight to make good choices later in life. They can grow from their hardships. No one is holding their Imperial past against Griff and Doza because they're working to be better now. That's such an important message. I think I know why Kaz really didn't... It didn't affect him so much to know Griff was ex-Empire. Because if you look at the, the way they put themselves forward, like Doza put himself as a straight, serious, commanding persona you know while griff is just laid back and whatever yeah he <laughs> more to yeah all imposing when when he's exactly so sitting and laid back on the chair yeah. so so it's more like a teenager an old teenager 
yeah. saying, ah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so, so, so yes, they, they're both ex-imperials and they both have this experience, but they have chosen to deal with their lives in different ways as well. So Yeah, they compose themselves differently. differently. Yeah, I can see that. But that's still such a great Big point. point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Hope went on to say, for the first time ever, I'm really interested in Ruckland's story. Lieutenant Gallic told Tam right in front of Ruckland he should be a dead man because he wasn't as good as she was. That's a lot for someone to take. I think Ruckland can take two paths from that. He can either realize the First Order doesn't care about his life and defect back to the Colossus, or he can double down on his cruel nature and try to prove himself. While I think he's going to double down, it would be interesting if he's actually the first to come back to the Colossus. I would love to see Ruckland as the one who leaves the First Order before Tam, or he tries to leave and they brain scrape. Oh, no. No, no. That would be such an awful ending. (laughs) tell me about it that i would love because he's a jerk face and i would and it would horrify tam <laughs> give me all the drama <laughs> yeah well, well i did say it that it, it, it is an opportunity for us to see two characters that we thought was they were gonna act a certain way and they end up acting the opposite yeah because the fact that he started saying that mm-hmm. to me it was just like whoa, this guy can actually go a different way. Yeah. So it's cool to see that others are kind of seeing it too. And I hope it goes that way because that would be super interesting, especially since we thought he was holding this huge grudge against Kaz. Yeah. So we'll see, I guess. And Hope goes on to say, gosh, I love Gallic. (laughs) I drink up evil women like air water. (laughs) Women should be allowed to be evil in media just like men. More often than not, evil women usually are written to be one-dimensional (laughs) B-word with little to no depth. But we've already seen so much depth with Tierney. And in this episode, Gallic was just as fearful of Pyre's judgment. The Filoni-verse has always written evil women so well, starting with Asajj Ventress to Arenda Price and now Tierney and Gallic. Give me all the evil women, Dave Filoni. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, she said, "Uh, I also love the parallel story with Kaz and Tam. As Kaz is rising, getting more of a reputation and finding his place with the Colossus, Tam is falling. She's falling into the First Order in a similar fashion. She's also getting a reputation showing she's a good pilot with compassion, just like Kaz, but she's punished for it. Kaz is rewarded. She's finding her place in the First Order, but she's sticking out and not fitting in unlike Kaz, who is finding a new home. While Kaz and Tam are going through the exact same story, Kaz is getting positive reinforcement, while Tam is getting negative reinforcement. It's such a compelling narrative telling the same story from the opposite sides of the coin. Sky Talkers pointed out, hey, Sky Talkers. Uh, Sky Talkers pointed this out on their show, but it's such a good point. What is Tam going to think when she finds out Kaz is an ace and the fireball is practically his. Her dream was to be an ace. The fireball was her ship. I can see a scenario where she's ready to defect back to the Colossus. She's getting ready to leave and then she finds out Kaz is an ace with her ship. I can see that making her mad enough to stay with the First Order longer. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. All the love, well wishes, high fives, and fist bumps to you guys. 
have a great week I <laughs> hope it's so funny, funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah um and we have uh, uh alluded to that like um how is she gonna react how is she gonna um deal with her being in a position where even though they're giving her the chance to be a pilot which is what she's always dream of in the process they're belittling her and making her feel bad while now Cass is in the Colossus and has her ship and is in the Aces and how is that gonna make her feel make what what is her next choice gonna be right the way that hope presented it where she's like about to go and and she's like i'm done with the first order i'm gonna get go back home and then she finds out about it in that sort of situation i think tam would actually just continue going because if she's leaving as a result of the first order and the fact that they're just this fanatical group If she's leaving because of those reasons, those reasons have to outweigh the fact that Kaz is an ace and that he has the ship. That is so far down on the list of important things (laughs) that I I would hope that she's going to reason with that in that moment and say, you know what? I hate him, but I'm going going to deal with it when I get there and not necessarily stay with the first order because because that that makes her mad like at that point it's like you know you're just shooting yourself in the foot at this point that would frustrate me more as a fan because I want to see Tam be smarter about what she's doing we have been presented with a smart character because this is how Tam was given to us but there's also a limit to how much you can reason something exactly So. so that's where I want more sense to kick in you're not getting a secondhand account from two kids who are saying that they destroyed the first order destroyed their homes you're actually going to witness this yourself and if at that point you're you're like oh you know i think the first order is doing this for a reason i'm sorry but i can't help you at that point because yeah. what the heck <laughs> yeah <laughs> But that's it. That's it for today's episode. Next week, we'll discuss the episode Hunt on Sword 3. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that involves the word hunt, I'm sure, will result Sounds, in lots of, yeah, yeah. lots of fun. Yeah, lots of uh, <laughs> screaming cats. Yes. Yes, I can see it already. In the meantime, visit thewookiegunner.com for news, reviews, and opinion pieces pertaining to the Star Wars animated shows and follow TWG on Twitter by searching for the handle at TWG site. Listeners can also find me on Twitter with the handle at Hovian214. And listeners can also find Geeky Bubble on Twitter by searching for at Geeky Bubble Pod and me with the handle at Blue Jake Eyes. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so by emailing geekybubblepod at gmail.com. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, please follow our podcast network on Twitter by searching for at We Are Escape Pods and tune into Unmistakably Star Wars Sky Talkers podcast and the Friends of the Force podcast for more Star Wars news and discussion. And may the Force be with you. Always. Commander Pyre says bye, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Commander Pyre. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) 